Welcome to episode 144 of the GSD Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Jules and Statoya. Running a successful business never comes without its challenges, but it also includes a lot of highs. In this GSD Entrepreneur Podcast, we explore both. We dive into what it looks like when the entrepreneurs are committed to getting done. These are people who are pursuing their dreams, so we dig deep to understand how they are doing it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Allison and Jamie Nadu are creatives and makers at heart. They are the wife and wife founders and owners of Ink Meets Paper, a custom stationery and greeting card company that is headquartered in Charleston, South Carolina. With a background in art, editing, and designing, they wanted to spread their wings from their corporate jobs, so they bought a thousand pound antique printing press from the 1920s and began to teach themselves the somewhat lost art of letterpress. Allison and Jamie have a lofty yet inspiring vision in a highly digital world to be a part of changing the culture around handwriting. They believe that handwritten communication is one of the most authentic interactions you can share with someone, and because of that, they are passionate about creating products to celebrate and uphold the beauty of the handwritten and the handcrafted. Every card they sell online and in the 500-plus retail stores they are in nationally is designed by and printed by them. Their tagline of text less, write more is one we can get behind. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right, GSD Entrepreneur listeners, hello again. We have missed you. We've taken a couple weeks of a sabbatical just because... Well, I had to go to China. You did have to go to China. And so that was... A, a and then I went to China with you three yeah. weeks before that. And so it's been a crazy... It's December. been a crazy December and, and January for that matter as we launch our product. However, here we are back on the mic and we could not be more excited about the guests that we have in our studio today with you. So I'm Jules and as always, I've got my absolutely lovely co-host on the mic with me, Statoya. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. So we hope you had an amazing holiday season um, and we hope that you're on track with your resolutions if you're a resoluter. If you're not, we hope you're having a good first of the year. But in our studio today, we have guests who we were introduced through the amazing Andrea Serrano. If you live in Charleston, you most likely have heard of Andrea or Gus or their kiddos or uh, she's the Charleston shop curator and she just is out and about and is very much of a connector. She has a gigantic heart, so huge shout out to you, Andrea. We thank the world of you. And thank you for introducing us to these two people in the studio. So without further ado, we were just making sure the mic's on. Yeah. And it is. <laughs> because if we did all this talking and it wasn't on, we'd be in trouble. People do that all the time. They're like, it's on me. Yeah, for sure. So it's on. Um, and so here we are. So ladies, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Um, Thank you. We have in the house with us, Allison Nadu. Mm-hmm. Is that yes. how you say it? Yeah. Like the store, Nadu? Yeah. Okay. Nadu. Nadu. Oh, Nadu. Or Nadu. Or Nadu. Well, there's you know, we pronunciation. Yeah, it's, you, just, it's a little southern. You know what? You say tomato. <laughs> I say tomato. It all works. <laughs> Do you really say tomato? Uh, well, it's when I go to Target. <laughs> tomato. Right, right. And we have Jamie. And I, what's your last name? Nadu. Oh, same. Yep. Okay. So y'all are married. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I love it. 
we're going to learn all kinds of fun <laughs> yeah. stuff about you guys. <laughs> so welcome to the studio, and we're thrilled to hear your story. We know your company is Ink Meets Paper. Yes. So it's stationary. You do all the artwork. Oh, and big shout out. They, you know, not for people coming on the podcast, but they brought us some very nice stationery. Right. And parts, I mean, not, those, but like Helen from Blender Bombs uh, brought yeah. us. Blender bombs. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Liz Martin brought us a, a Turkish chow. So if you come onto the podcast as a guest, <laughs> we're not like suggesting that you bring us things, but we're certainly not going to turn it away. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for the stationery. Yeah, we, will, we will treasure that for sure. So let's jump in. Let's. I'll stop talking. Turn the mic over to you guys. Either one of you can pick it up. And what we love to do with these episodes is we love to just have you take us back. So take us back to kind of where you where you grew up, and then the journey that you walked to get to where you are now. Does that sound good? Sure. Yeah. Who wants to start? Um, I can start. All right, uh, Allison. We both grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. So that's where we met, and then. Um, like, did y'all grow up together in Nashville? Yes. Yeah, like you met when you were kids. Since we met school. in middle school. So, yeah. So we've known each kids. other for a very long time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we're good friends and dated in high school, and yeah. then. I went to college in Nashville, a liberal, a small liberal arts school, yeah. and majored in English. Did you go to um, Belmont? Or? I went to Lipscomb. Lipscomb, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. So I went there, graduated, and then we moved to Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. so that she could go to SCAD. Yeah. So you were dating this kind of the whole time? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Since high school. Since high school. Yeah, high school sweethearts. That is amazing. Yeah. We've been together at over 17 years now. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Congrats. You Thank guys. you. Yep. That's awesome. crazy. <laughs> I know. I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't want to let that go too far because how was that growing up in a Southern-ish town and dating a woman? It was, it was very challenging. Or, 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 so, mm-hmm. In high school. So, um, I mean, it was very challenging. Our Part of our story, I'm a trans woman. So mm-hmm. at the time I had not transitioned yet. So it was still, you know, we grew up in quite conservative um, circles Mm -hmm. and and places. Mm -hmm. And so that was, uh, you know, definitely challenging. I think it's just so small uh, world. And we hadn't, uh, we also went to Lipscomb High School. Mm -hmm. So not Mm -hmm. only was college involved, but that's where we were for high school. So we were very excited to kind of move beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys have had some hurdles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Getting to um, Savannah was a big deal, and that kind of starting, that was kind of starting, we moved away from all family, all friends, and mm-hmm. didn't know anyone else. Just us, to yeah. So that was a, yeah, a big... Big move. Big move. Like, uh-huh. had no job, like, yeah. had literally just graduated, she got her married, yeah. and we were like, so all were right, 20, we're out of here. Maybe 21. 21. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Sheesh. And supportive families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were sad to see us go, but they were excited that we were like... Yeah. Moving on. Moving on and exciting things were happening. Mm. And so, so um, awesome. what did we do down there? You went to school. Yeah, I went I, to school. I yeah. studied product design, mm-hmm. industrial design, mm. um, and that kept me very busy. I mean, it's the kind of major where it was, I was spend 24 hours in the building and sleep yeah. at the building and mm-hmm. <laughs> draw mm-hmm. all the time. Amazing Anything at SCAD really is like that, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's you sort of intense. really get immersed mm-hmm. into the art of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was a non... For me, I felt like it was a very non-standard college experience because um, we were coupled. We were living um, on Wilmington Island outside of downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I spent time in dorms and like kind of did all the thing. It was really, I was really there to, to work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I originally went for animation. 
because I was obsessed with stop motion animation. Like Disney? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disney, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas kind of changed my life in 94 mm. when it came out. <laughs> I had just never seen anything like that. Uh-huh. Puppetry, um, puppet making, all kind, that kind of stuff, like hands-on building. And um, I got there and I didn't know that design existed as a field at all. And as soon as I found it, when I even when I applied to SCAD, it was uh, the I had three sections in my portfolio that I put together. One was like art, and I was just trying to show this is the art I painting, made. Painting, all that, paintings, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. traditional forms right. of art. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second was technology, and because I have I've been very hard into technology since I was a child. Um, I was on the internet before. There were graphics paired to it, and so browsing wow. text-based Isn't that internet. crazy <laughs> that it's progressed that yeah. much? Yeah. It, I mean, it completely blew my mind, and I had, um, I was lucky enough to have some really good accessibility to mm-hmm. it at an early age. Um, and so technology was just deeply important to me, and so when I got to SCAD, I, it was like, oh, wait, design is art and technology, technology and both of these things. <laughs> it's like your two worlds collided. Yeah, it really was, because I really... Up until that point in my life, I felt like I had to choose one path or the other, yeah. uh, and it was very conflicting to try and understand that. <laughs> so, so um, you, while you're in Savannah, she's in school. You're yes. doing what? I. Um, what was did, your your degree was in oh, English? My degree was English, so I did some substitute teaching, and then I was a high school English teacher for a couple of years, two years. And hmm. I was like, this is enough. <laughs> <laughs> like it was stressful, yeah. but it, I mean, it was it was fun, but it was so much work and so much stress yeah <laughs> i can't even imagine being yeah, a teacher it was and a whole I side note so soapbox young, but too. they do not get paid enough teachers no, they, that's a they whole they side do not. that is a whole yeah oh, i was like to say and i have friends who are educators and like family as well and it is such mad respect like 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. it is the level phenomenal. of support there was so low like you'd be at home working till like 11 o'clock at night on preps mm-hmm. for the next day and mm-hmm. like I'd come home super late, and then, like, you'd be working, like, mm-hmm. crying, yeah. like, trying to figure out, okay, I have to know this before I get in tomorrow. <laughs> not stressful yeah, at all. Yeah, not at all. So, <laughs> did that one redound it. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a, just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We raised our cat then. Um, she's still we with got us. A cat. We, we got, got a cat. cat. <laughs> yeah, so she was a <laughs> She was a kitten. She was a kitten, and, like, now she doesn't like people, and we're like, it's just because we never saw anyone yeah. in our house. <laughs> no one ever came over to our house. It was just, like... And so she when she guess. finally yeah. met other people, she was like, what are you? Like, why are you here? <laughs> You're not my mommy. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, moms are my only people. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Uh-huh. Okay. So you went to SCAD mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. what happened after that? And when was that? Give us like a time frame. That was of... from 2003 to 2006. Mm-hmm. Okay. So about what? 14 years ago-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14, yes. 15 years ago. Okay. So I left... No, it's like, wait, is it that no, long? No. Yeah, it wasn't that long. <laughs> wait a second. Okay, three years. Three years. That's 14 years ago. But how long were y'all married before that? Um, this is 17. This is, yeah, we're in our 17. 17. You're 17 years mm-hmm. married. Yeah. How Coming up on 17. Yeah. How many years have you been together? Um, totally. 20. 20. Yeah. Wow. Well, we broke up senior year in high school. So we did not get <laughs> much her chagrin. I, I broke up. And I was like, I'm done. She came back to the sentence. She did. She came around. Yeah. And then we're like, oh. I think, in fact, the night before graduation. Mm-hmm. Kind of sweet. Night? No. <laughs> weird. Look how sweet you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, we um, left. I, you know, I didn't know. So I studied 
industrial design, so product design, mm -hmm. physical product design, but really focus more on my minor of interaction design and user experience. Mm -hmm. um, I felt really lucky to be at SCAD at the time that I was. It's, I think all the teachers that I had almost are all not there anymore. Hmm. Um, and I just happened to be with this group of people who kind of really believed in design and were really uh, working to articulate uh, design methodology and understanding and put words to what design process is. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, like one of my beloved professors, John Colco, um, is definitely like a leader in the field and has done so much to kind of push design forward. And so I was kind of taught and brought up in this space that like design can change the world mm -hmm. and design thinking and utilizing design is like required for our um, continued progress mm -hmm. like, as humanity. Um, and so that was a really neat thing to leave with. I kind of felt, you know, I don't know, super excited when, when I graduated. Um, didn't know where I was going to work. I knew I wanted to kind of work in the technology sector, doing user experience and kind of focusing on that because I love user interfaces. Um, I love people and mm -hmm. I care about the experience that they have mm -hmm. with technology because so many times being somebody who's seen it um, go from just so small, almost nothing, um, all the way to where we are now, you know, the early decades really were just crippled by terrible experiences and <clears throat> we're so afraid of technology. Um, so I, we were thinking about North, a West, we were gonna, like Northwest. California or Portland, mm -hmm. Seattle, yeah. we mm -hmm. looked at that. We looked at that. And we're like, wow, that's a really long yeah. way to <laughs> yeah. move all of our stuff. Yeah, yeah and that felt very overwhelming. Um, and then there was a job opportunity here in Charleston. <laughs> and we loved Savannah. It, yeah. uh, it felt a little too small for us. Mm -hmm. But the, we felt like we had been in the South our whole lives. I mean, Nashville. Well, but we also really love the low country, and like mm -hmm. Savannah and Charleston are so similar. Yeah, it, it. yeah, yeah. It was like there's something like the magical vibe. about there it. There is yeah. like they still get the oak trees. You still have like yeah. I don't know. There's a there's a warmth that's got the history, good and bad. Um, but it's just it mm -hmm. just really resonated, and it felt like home. And so when we came to Charleston, it was like ah, this is yeah, this is really where it's we right. be. and yeah. it felt bigger, like enough, yeah, like where there was more to do, mm -hmm. and there, yeah like more business. I remember in Savannah the first time a Target came and it was 45 <laughs> minutes away and uh, yeah. where was it? Hilton Head. Yeah, Actually, yeah, so we like, would drive 45 minutes just to get to the Target. Target. Yeah. You know, it felt yeah. that small. It's mm -hmm. different now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time it was odd. Mm -hmm. So that's what brought us to Charleston um, was uh, like the job that I found. So it was at uh, Benefit Focus here mm -hmm. in a software company. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very early on in their history. Um, I think I was like employee number 104 and they had over 400 two and a half years later when wow. I left. Jeez. So mm -hmm. a period of just extreme growth um, mm -hmm. moving from the, I started in the Echo Fitness, I call it the Echo Fitness building. It's, I don't, even, I don't know what it is now. It's in Mount Pleasant. It's still yeah, a workout there. place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next to Aldi, mm -hmm. yeah. whatever that, that workout <clears throat> place is. Um, used to be, <laughs> it became an Echo Fitness after Benefit Focus moved to Daniel Island and of course they have mm -hmm. I don't know, a large chunk of Daniel Island. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a lot going on over there. Yeah, there sure is. And so, so what did you do when you came to Charleston? Um, I worked for a government contractor um, doing mine. I, I did copy editing for the manuals for mine-resistant ambush-protected vehicles. 
um, which is Goodness. just as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, you had to read user manuals? Yes, and operation manuals, like how they take things apart and put them back together again. And so I, um, I don't know, it was a, it was a good job, staple job. Mm -hmm. um, it used my degree, which was really nice. So I was able to put that to use. Didn't necessarily use the creative part of my brain. <laughs> um, but hmm. it was, I mean, it was yeah. good. I was there from 2006 to 2012. So yeah. Six years. Mm -hmm. I had a friend that did that, but he worked for Tampax. Oh, he wow. Worked for <laughs> wow. <laughs> so That's so you had to read the user manuals. Wow. <laughs> this was his first job out of college. <laughs> That's a really good story. That's yeah. it's a really good story. about my first job. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Little leaflets that you read. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really good. That is hilarious. I've never heard that. I love it. Yeah. So, okay. So then, so <clears throat> you continue with Benefit Focus until 2012? Um, no, 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 I did not. No, I left in 2008, midway through 2008. Okay. I spent about two and a half years there. Okay. And the, um, you know, corporate culture for me was very difficult to navigate. And, um, there was, it just didn't jive. So I kind of got to a space where I was really depressed. I was, I was having a really hard time. And I think a lot of the excitement that I left college with, I was kind of at a place where I was like, I don't know if design is for me hmm. anymore. I don't know if this is something that I love. So did they, the corporate, did they just take the joy out of, out of what you thought everything was For me, was a lot of that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's, I really, like, I don't, I really have nothing bad to say about that company. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think any company, yeah. Yeah. anything, any company going through such extreme growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we're talking about 300 employees, at least I watched that grow in two and a half years. Yeah. You know, that's the point where you're hiring kind of who you, whoever you can get. Yeah. And so when you're uh, trying to build yeah. out management structures and trying to, you know, support everyone and all that, it takes a certain type of person. Yeah. And it's a whole lot of change. Yeah. 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 Just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Or ended okay. up not being a good so fit. So it was a, that was kind of, I, I got to the point where I was like, I just have to leave. Mm -hmm. And I, this is not for me anymore. Um, and so I took, a lot of steps back and uh, delivered pizzas. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 I totally. It was kind of a. It wasn't midlife, but it was just like, this is. It was. It felt crisis level for me yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, delivered pizzas. Um. I had never smoked weed in my life. I smoked a lot of. Weed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a solid year, honestly. And it was. I don't know. It was kind of a space where I needed to you know, figure out what was going on and yeah. what I needed and what I was supposed to do. And like, it was, it was good to just, um, have something so simple to do. It was fascinating to watch, um, an excellent salary just be gone yeah. and to be working for just almost nothing. Um, so feeling, this was before they <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just feeling all of that out, I think it was a really important time. Um, I did some freelance work on the side. I was like, okay, I can do freelance design work, and mm -hmm. you know, these are this is a, obviously a needed skill set that I have. Um, but juggling so many clients and trying to figure out and figure, you know, when I my heart still wasn't super duper into it because mm -hmm. I needed this space, I think, yeah. to just be disconnected. Mm -hmm. So was it a was it a the answer whatever you want, but was it a career? Thing that you were really struggling with or did it go deeper like it was a personal thing on your own identity um I th honestly I think it was a career thing you yeah. know I, th I mean 
if I'm being honest, so much of my life has been about, about understanding identity and understanding gender and Mm -hmm. like, you know, that there's been massive amounts of work on that. Um, but I think for this period of my, of my life specifically, it was, um, just like, what am I supposed to do? I had been so connected with work. Um, also when you struggle with identity, I think you pour yourself into work Mm -hmm. because then work is what defines you and kind of makes you feel whole. And so as an individual who... When you struggle with identity on any level. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. sure. not just yeah. as a trans, not just as, you know, whatever. I mean, it's yes. on any level when you struggle with your identity, you pour yourself into something mm-hmm. so that you, it takes the focus off of the, the angst mm-hmm. that's going mm-hmm. on inside. Yep. And it was, yep. I mean, it, in many ways that stuff served me very well because um, I'm smart, I have a good brain, I would just pour myself into learning and mm-hmm. focused on whatever work I was in. And I, I mean, I still do that to this day, but you know, I would, um, I didn't ever feel phenomenally stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like that moment in my life, I definitely felt like was a needed pause and I needed like, let's try and figure out what's next. Yeah. The reset button. Yeah. But you had a supportive wife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. And this is obviously not a therapy session, but how was that year for you watching um, Jamie I- go through that? I mean, I think it was okay for me. Like, I was still work. I mean, I was still working full time. And then this would have also, when you quit, is also when we got our first printing press. Mm -hmm. So the same year. So it was, I feel like we were both kind of working to find our creative outlets or working to find our, like, what we really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. As it was, like, recognizing, like, I was like, yes, I'm, you know, editing. I'm making, like, it's a great, great salary. It's really stable. Um, but it wasn't like fulfilling that creative need. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been like very like hands on, like, um, like just making things mm-hmm. all the time. And so crafty. Yeah. Crafty. Mm-hmm, for sure. And yeah. so I still had, I, like I was able to do that on the side while, while working full time and while you were, you know, doing freelance and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we got our first printing press in 2008, which I didn't realize that was when you quit. That's right. That's yeah. crazy though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had taken a class mm-hmm. at a, printmaking class at Redux, um, the art center mm-hmm. around St. Philip, but this was back when they, they, this was when they were on St. Philip, they're on King Street now. Um, and f- like, I fell in love with printmaking then, and then we did like monoprints, we did like etching, we did all sorts of stuff, and we also did letterpress as mm-hmm. a part of that. And that's what really like resonated with me. So letterpress printing is this um, centuries old printing process. Um, where you're printing the relief, so it's the reverse side of the image. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, it would have been set one little block, one letter at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I loved the hands-on portion of that. Um, I loved it. It was word-based, since as an English major, like, words are very important, and I mm-hmm. recognize the power of words. And so, loved that aspect of it. And then, we, yeah, so those are, yeah, yeah, our our so they're mm-hmm. showing us yeah. their catalog, and it shows, that's your printing press? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. our printing press. So this is the first that printing like press that we got old. looks like in the 19, 1800s. It is. Awesome. The one in the back is 1897. W- yeah, and then this one is from 1923. It. Yes. Still it's the same printing press that we produce everything So you day. just gave us these cards? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. We're That's gonna, the other thing with yeah, letterpress. We're going to have to come and take a tour. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. really cool. The yeah, motor is from that. the 1930s. We still maintain that mm-hmm. motor. It's, oh, that is so It's awesome. amazing equipment. Yeah. And you guys are located, just as we're talking about this, you guys are located in Park Circle. Yes. yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right That's there cool. on Central Avenue. And you have a retail pond. location that people mm-hmm. can come into. Yes. And yeah, we're there. Awesome. Our hours are 10 to 5, Monday through Friday. Okay. 
Nice. Who's working the shop right now? Um, our employee, Jamie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, another, another, we didn't Jamie, abandon it. Yeah, we have another. Yeah. We used to have two Allisons, and now we have two Jamies. So, yeah. no, just, keep, it in, keep the same name. Yeah. Um, oh, but in 2008, so was bit by the letterpress bug, told Jamie, I was like, oh my gosh, love letterpress. And she was like, let's find a printing press. And I was like... Because I like equipment, and I was like, this is awesome, and... Yeah, I was like, so, Let's well, how do you find that? eBay? That's a great question. Yeah. I, I was like, we're going to make a list of every antique every... store in South Carolina and call them. That was my first There thing. are some forums. So there's some old, it's an, so it's old school printing method. And a lot of it, it kind of fell out of sorts in the 1970s, I guess, in particular, is when offset printing kind of took over more so. And so not as many people were doing letterpress. So a lot of the machines were just kind of tucked away in storage down in basements and they were yeah, hobby printers yeah. yeah or like old print shops would have them like way in the back just gathering dust now so we managed to find on a forum um there's a letterpress forum uh, shocker <laughs> seems weird that it's online it's online it's very <laughs> old school but it's a, yeah. yeah it's a small community it's the only way you're going to keep print alive or these old machines going is if you're handing down the knowledge yeah so we found a, a guy in jacksonville who was a third generation printer and he was closing out the letterpress portion of his shop because it wasn't a viable business anymore. And he had all of this old equipment, like oh, just a no huge way. back room You full. guys hit the mother we load. We hit the mother load. Mm. And looking back, I'm like, why didn't we get more? <laughs> but at the time, we had no idea what we were doing. I had, like, no idea. Um, so we had some friends who were kind enough to, like, drive their giant, like, suburban thing with a... Mm-hmm. U-Haul trailer to the back, mm-hmm. and we loaded this printing press up, this thousand-pound printing press, and a big, big drawer of pipe. <clears throat> um, so we had this equipment that we I don't know how we got it into the back. Oh, like, he did give us a thirty-minute. Yeah, he gave us a little tutorial. Thirty minutes. Don't That's smash your hand in the press. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very dangerous. Be careful. And like, what are y'all doing with this again? And we're like, I don't know. Print some greeting cards, wedding invitations. He's like, y'all have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably were crazy. So we bit. took that. We took the press back to Charleston. And thankfully, we had some friends who we had no place to put this thing. Like, we really didn't know what we were doing. Because, um, I mean, how big is How big are we talking? Like, I mean, a dining room table size? Five, no, five by five cubic? Yeah, in like, terms of, okay, it's like a, a weird, cube. awkward. A thousand pounds. It's a thousand pounds, yeah. It's so in terms cast of, iron. Yeah. So it's brittle. We'll yeah. It could, you know, it if, could it, shatter. if it falls, it will shatter. Read <laughs> so some horror stories It's fragile that. in this sense, but it's also not very strong. Wow. Yeah, and cumbersome. It's just Very oddly cumbersome. weighted in it, terms we of shattered the palette. I remember. Oh yeah, we had to replace the palette because yeah. it was. And so we we now know how to work with heavy equipment and move heavy equipment. And mm-hmm. Did he give it to you? You've had to. Buy we it. bought it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So we bought it in the tray of type and moved it back. Our friends were kind enough to let us keep it in their garage mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little while while we figured out what we wanted to do. So we looked at. So we've been in Park Circle for. I don't know, since 2007 now. Yeah. Um, and we were looking for studio space. And back then, there were, this was back when Park Circle was really like, yeah. I mean, y'all know, was there was nothing. like nothing. Yeah, definitely. So we were still trying to figure out what it was that we wanted to do with this printing press, aside from knowing that, hey, this could be amazing. Like, there's some good opportunities here. Um, and do we want to find a studio space? So we had another friend who was also interested in letterpress and we were like, we're going to well, do a shared start, start studio space, and this club. is going to be awesome, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to do yeah. all of this stuff. And we looked at, I don't know, rent was still, the idea of like 
renting a space like when you don't really know yeah. what you're, yeah. yeah. And especially when we needed a space that was large enough. I mean, it would require an upfit. And it was like, do we really, like, do we yeah. really want to do this? What are we I mean, doing? I think we it's a big words, commitment. Like, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing. We yeah. had no training in business. We had no mm-hmm. business. It was, a, it was very much a hobby. Other than, like, some freelance work that I had done. Like, I loved business. I read about business, but, like, in terms of real life, like, experience with how you do this. So, I would say this is, like, one of the best business decisions we ever made. Mm-hmm. We didn't make yeah. a lease commitment. Mm-hmm. We didn't find a space. Hmm. We modded our house because we had bought our house a couple years ago and we were both salaried and money mm-hmm. was fine. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then life happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We bought our house right before the economy crashed in 2008 too. So it was <laughs> fun, fun, fun okay. experience. But that's mm-hmm. also when we started this business was when the economy was phenomenally low. Um, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that helped, um, if we're supposed to be more considered, I feel yeah. like it was yeah. not a, oh, we're just going to mm-hmm. like go full force. It was like, okay, we should take this a little slower. Yeah. And we had some French doors put on the back of our house. We have part of our house with a concrete slab, so we didn't have to worry about the press like yeah. falling through and like mm-hmm. shattering whatever is below or falling through the second floor. Yeah. Um, so we moved it into the house mm-hmm. and had a little studio space. And, you know, that's where, that's where we kept our press from 2009 to 2015 is when we moved out of the house. So and were you selling them on Yetsi? I mean, um, Etsy, not Yetsi. Etsi, <laughs> were you selling on Etsi? And I mean, because you didn't have a retail space. Mm-hmm. So we started with um, wedding invitations mm-hmm. pretty much exclusively. Yeah. That's what everyone says. You live in Charleston, you have a fancy press, you make expensive wedding invitations. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and business cards. We did quite a few business cards. Yeah, too. business cards too. And we were completely self-taught. We didn't speak to another printer after the guy that we bought it from for two years, we didn't meet another printer in person until we went to doing the same thing you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, using letterpress. Yeah, letterpress. Yeah. Letter yeah. letter letter we did printing. not speak yeah. to another letterpress printer until we went to Asheville for the Ladies of Letterpress conference. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is Isn't awesome. That amazing? Yes. <laughs> so that was an organization, and that was like that really opened our world. And it was the first time we heard. Connected with other printers, and they were able to talk about the business of it. Like you guys were probably are, geeking out. Oh my absolutely. gosh, it was yeah. incredible. And we f- we're still friends with people who we met like so many mm-hmm. years ago, which yeah. to me isn't what says a lot about the letterpress industry because it's mm-hmm. like so small and so like tight knit. Yeah, and everyone is very helpful because it's like you want it's it's a craft. It's an old school it's like craft. Quilting or yeah. you want to keep it going. You do, mm-hmm. and like the only way you're gonna get that is if people are willing to share information mm-hmm. and like work with you when you're having well, trouble and you're and like, if there are younger broken? people who want to learn yes I mean, that's yeah, so that you were probably as much of a gift to them as they were to you I yeah I love so you're, you have this press in your house mm-hmm. and you're doing wedding invitations and business what is your run rate on that kind of a machine like how um, many can you this then was, was back then it was very comically slow. slow comically slow we were i was not even feeding we were both printing back then uh-huh. we weren't even we were we even had the paper positioned where it was like the most like just I can't think of the word you were doing the reverse of what you're supposed to do because yeah. we didn't know yeah <laughs> I was like there are only so but many we like grainy like, YouTube videos you, you can watch the idea of not understanding dry time so as you're doing a run you're getting a stack of prints and it required two of us to print because one person would go line them up so the ink wasn't line them up to dry them out but it dry like it 
you didn't have to it wait for dries. them to dry like that. Mm-hmm. It dries like the waste on the paper we were using. So we were just putting a lot of extra labor right. involved in this. Yeah. So we were very huh. slow early on. Not very good. Like there's a lot of the very first very first print we did on our press, we even used the wrong ink. Because from the class I'd taken, I remembered I was like, it's in a tube, Jamie, it's in a tube. We can find this. So we like went to Artists and Craftsmen and like got paint and then put it paint on the press and it was the wrong thing to use. <laughs> no, like way. total wrong. Like you the really worst. We nothing. nothing. I mean we had books and like some yeah, well, you YouTube books, videos. Watched a few YouTube videos. Read like I mean There's these are books now, that are right? have been republished from like the I don't know, nineteen fifties yeah. or twenties, oh, yeah. something like that, old mm-hmm. school. And you're like what you do this and you're like, world? Okay, what are they saying on here? This is crazy. I am fascinated. So how did y'all find the ladies of printing or whatever? Um, ladies of Yes, it's very specific printing yes. here. <laughs> um, how did we find them? I think through the forum. Oh, so there is a yeah. yeah um, this letterpress forum mm. called Briar Press is just a I mean it's I don't know, they've been the on the internet for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but it's just printers who are enthusiastic about letterpress and they that have a for sale section, they have a, like a little classified section where they sell stuff, they have a forum mm-hmm. that troubleshooting or like, here's what I printed, here's this yeah. stuff. And it used to be really active. I'm not sure if it's as active <clears throat> now. Hmm. Um, so we connected there and mm. found this other community so cool. of women printers and that was amazing because it yeah. was traditional printing was much more like men printing and mm-hmm. so to see like women doing as this business and as too, business owners like yeah who are succeeding mm-hmm. it makes me think of um another um woman that we had on our podcast ashley harwood do you mm-hmm. know that who yeah. she's a wood turner okay Very um, familiar. and she's like one of the best wood turners in the country and her story was fascinating because that's a man's world, yes. obviously. Yes. But she has gained such a reputation and is so respected by the industry that, and she's right here in Charleston and turns these, I mean, unbelievable things. Mm-hmm. And now she does YouTube videos on how to do it. And so it's just so awesome. really cool to me that here in Charleston we have these women who are reviving these, mm-hmm. like, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. old, like, men's crafts yes. Yes. Um, and doing just really cool mm-hmm. work. I love it. Okay, yes. so keep talking. Oh, so did you ever think, when you moved that press onto your into your, your house, mm-hmm. that it would turn into a business that you guys are both doing full-time and you have employees with? I, I, you probably did more so than I did. I you was did. like, you I saw the vision. she did. I, did. I was yeah. like... I mean, I was, I think I was always looking for, I was like, this is really unique. We really enjoy this. It's a very strange fit for both. We have, between the two of us, we have like a phenomenally wide skill set of mm-hmm. things that we can do. And I was like, this all works. And I think going to the Ladies of Letterpress conference had helped me see that. I just want you to say Ladies of Leisure. It helped me see different uh, and understand different business models for how to find success mm-hmm. with this type of printing. And when I saw greeting cards being printed at scale and being sold at scale, you know, for me as an industrial with an industrial design and product design background, I was like, wow, we can actually manufacture product at scale with minimal equipment. Mm-hmm. And this also means we can own this brand, we can own this artwork, we can print all of our own stuff and never have to work with other designers or brides or their mothers or any of that. Mm -hmm. And it felt, it was like, this is so much better for how we work together and like what we want to do. Hmm. And there are also some 
nuances with letterpress printing in terms of there are different types of like letterpress machines. And so once you kind of ha know your particular machine, you know its constraints and you know what will print well and what won't print well. So one of the, like that's one of the things that we learned is hmm. basically, okay, here's how, here's how to make a design successful on our particular machine. So we okay. avoid like large solid floods of color because it doesn't do well for, mm -hmm. for our machine. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, when you're printing full color design like this, like this is digitally printed and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, we're gonna have all this rainbow of colors and stuff oh, like this. Right. Letterpress printing is generally one or two colors max. It's like you're mm. not putting a ton of color because mm. each color is a separate pass through the press. Uh, so you'll see the okay. cards there. Yeah, they're yep. just two colors there. And so that's one of the things that we worked to like understand and learn. Well, I and think that's, yeah, and that's what made it so hard when I, when I looked at this as a service-based business where we were um, doing printing, printing services, mm -hmm. the amount of information we had to communicate to even professional designers about how to design for this machine mm -hmm. was, it was really overwhelming. And you would have professional designers come sending in. Sending beautiful designs. Sending beautiful designs. And, and be like, wow, you equipment. don't understand this machine at all. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> this has very specific, like you have to account for impression and you have to account for mm -hmm. the trapping between different colors that come on there. And it's like, there's a lot of unique requirements. What you, an expert in this <laughs> yeah. I mean, it taught, us, it taught us so, so much. It's funny, so like cool. I didn't study graphic design in school and you have, you know, to do any design stuff in school, you got to lay stuff out and you have to kind of understand a grid and like understand composition and balance. But the thing is all of graphic design, the entire field, is based off of these machines specifically. Mm -hmm. Like even the terminology all of requirements determine terminology like picas as a measurement. You see that in Adobe Illustrator. Mm -hmm. There's a physical letting. pica stick. Yeah, letting. Yeah. Like and how much spacing you have between characters. Wow. That's all from these machines. And so the entire vocabulary and language that that designers use, graphic designers especially, yeah. is all informed the root. by mm -hmm. these machines. Yeah. And so learning wow. letterpress, I mean you learn great graphic design mm -hmm. just just mm -hmm. by having the machines yeah so it's really neat mm -hmm. to figure out so you decided in 2015 because you got too big to do it we, out of your house or so, what yeah yeah we started so probably our so our earliest success the really exciting thing that made us think we could make a real go of this was allison called me screaming one day and this probably, probably in 2011 i think yeah 2011, um, 2012. And Anthropology had just reached out to her and said they wanted to pick up a card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she That's was a big deal. Yeah. Out. I mean, how Anthropology they, has over 100 stores. How did they hear about you? Nationally. They, uh, they found a card on Etsy, one of our cards. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, can we... We'd love to know what your send over a line sheet. I'm yeah, like, and I was like, "What's a line sheet? You're not going into work. Yeah, I was like, "You're not going into work tomorrow." Google. And can yeah, I? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Can you design a line in 24 hours?" I was like, "Cause I'll do the I'll do the layout. I'll figure it all out." And so we were like, "Can we put this together?" And we cobbled together 12 different designs or something for a line sheet. What we thought a line sheet. Oh should no, we put like. something together <laughs> and sent it to them. And they went with it. Mm -hmm. they no yeah, they yeah. You were in, so you prep for anthropology, or you did? We did. So this yeah, was so a they long picked up. That was like I think it was in 2011. I don't think we delivered until 2012. I think it was their Valentine's Day. Yeah, if mm -hmm. I recall, mm -hmm. a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then they picked up a couple cards since then, and then. Well, they followed up with a recipe card order. So mm -hmm. we did. We were doing recipe card sets, and um, they placed a. An order that included uh, thirty thousand pieces, 
impact tend to a set, so mm -hmm. 3,000 sets. Hopefully you got your process down a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> certainly. So we Ooh. had the experience of, <clears throat> that's when we brought our first employee in, came and worked with us in our home. We fulfilled a pallet shipment of 3,000 units out of our residential neighborhood home. Um, and, and it was crazy. It was insane. Yeah, like there are boxes like <laughs> everywhere in the house. And then managing that. Yeah, so quite literally the business took over well over half of the house, like every room. Mm -hmm. We gradually to took it. over a room, like each mm -hmm. year it seemed like we were like, here's the studio, which is an old bedroom. And then it's like we had another spare bedroom that was the office. And then another one was the inventory room. <laughs> yeah. And then when it like creeped in on the living area, we were like, ooh. Yeah, when we couldn't watch TV at night without half of that room being mm -hmm. the fulfillment center yeah. and like boxes. And then your kitchen just is like, your break room. That's yeah, it. that's exactly <laughs> what it felt like too. It was yeah, like, this was yeah. Our employees like you know coming over and we're like don't mind the dirty dishes in the sink <laughs> we attended our first trade show at the house up in new york that was a huge deal yeah because mm -hmm. the a greeting card trade show is like the most type a event you can imagine it's not like it, it makes all other trade shows kind of look silly like a trade show you get here it's like here's some black fabric and they put up a sign and oh it's a nice sign like it, greeting card shows are like here is a little new world you step into. And, like, <laughs> and these people are all like, well, they're all creative. And they're and you're, all yeah, creative. yeah. So they're all like, you're kind of excited to, your to talk paper, and it's like very intense. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do trade shows anymore for that reason. No. It was a major undertaking. Yeah. Building trade show mm -hmm. booth walls, we built those in our home. Oh, yeah. Which, just for people that don't know, the scale is way off. A trade show is gigantic <laughs> compared to your house. So we couldn't even upright yeah. the walls we were building in yeah. the home because our ceilings weren't high. Yeah, like, you know, like nine or ten foot mass. Yeah. yeah. And it was like we oh, couldn't yeah. even upright these walls that we're building. And we so built like, a we crate. This comes to together in New York. We hear they the built a crate to yeah. ship all yeah. We yeah. just shipped um, everything out to Vegas. We have a big trade show yes. two weeks next week. Yes. 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 It's crazy. And then you just have to laugh. Like Freight trucks coming back to your little residential home, and like, yeah. like you have to have a lift gate. I do not have a dock here. Like, no, there's not a loading dock. And then like watching it like raise up, and I'm like, it's gonna fall. Yeah, it's gonna like, squish that guy. It's gonna squish the driver. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, be careful with that. The things that people life. don't know when they buy a greeting card, right? You know, I mean, it's yeah. Okay, so you finally you're like, are right, we gotta move out of the house? We gotta move to another location. Yes, you're working with bigger clients now. You got anthropology. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And so now it warrants you to move into your current location. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's been our first and only location out of the house. So yeah. we started looking in. I think we started looking in 2014. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were seriously so. like, uh, this needs to happen because mm -hmm. this is make our house is just we can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Too much. Mm -hmm. um, we brought on our first financial team at that point and mm -hmm. started having regularly monthly meetings, which is just normal for us now. But it was the first time, like reviewing a PL every month mm -hmm. and putting ourselves on salary so yeah. that we had to run payroll, mm -hmm. you know, those concepts and getting that down. And it was really forcing us to even out the spikes, the financial spikes mm -hmm. within the business over mm -hmm. the year, in, all in preparation for taking on a lease, which is something that we had never done, which yeah. is pretty scary when you're taking mm -hmm. on what's arguably your biggest expense, Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. when you're starting out. So, so you signed a lease, was it a five-year lease? No, we signed um, a seven with an additional three for the first three. So, like, a right to add another three on there. So, we went hard for mm -hmm. us. That was, like, oh, yeah. a big commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a, 
<clears throat> but I think we are also like, this is what we intend. Like, once, mm-hmm. once, and it was a space we could grow into. It wasn't like tiny. Yeah. We knew we were, we knew it was, it was bigger than our house. We're like, oh, we're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We could bring in additional equipment. We could mm-hmm. bring in additional presses. And it was a retail space. It wasn't. Could a, be. It could yes, be. it could yeah. be. It was, I mean, basically just a bit, it used to be a 7 Eleven. So mm-hmm. it was a big empty space when we moved in. Like, mm-hmm. no walls, giant nothing. Windows. Yeah, giant windows in the Lots front. Lots of light. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we did some construction. You signed, you got a big 7 Eleven? Yeah, it used to be a 7-Eleven, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like a 7-Eleven now. Well, I know, but, but still, that's, I mean, that's a big space. Yeah, it's a big it's space. 2100 it's 2,100 square feet. Yeah. So it's big in that hmm. regard. Yeah. Um, so it was good size. And we just, I mean, it was the right the right timing. Mm-hmm. You know, we moved in on Sproul, and it was really before there was a lot of stuff happening on Sproul. There was really nothing. And now it's booming. And now it's yeah. booming, so we like to think that we were like, in the way we've been in the exterior of the building ourselves. We um, handled all the construction on the interior, mm-hmm. you know, helping like work design that and work with one of our contractor friends mm-hmm. to knock that out. Wow. Um, so it was, it was quite an upfit, but we had a studio mate as that's well. Right, yeah. So there was two businesses in the mm-hmm. building. Okay. That's what, yeah. And that really helped. Like and that, yeah. yeah. So that helped. Yeah. So, and our friend, um, Michelle, she had a plush toys business. Mm-hmm. And so we were both in wholesale. That's really our bread and butter is wholesale. So this is in the other store. That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. Because you can't make a living off of retail greeting cards. Right. I mean, like coming into your store and selling one-off. Greeting cards. Right. So, so your wholesale business is, is yes, is yeah, and that's what we that's what we really wanted yeah. to do from the get go is wholesale because yep. that's where like when you're printing you're producing a large quantity mm-hmm. so you want to be able to sell a large quantity you don't mm-hmm. be sitting on cards for like right forever and ever so you want to be able to like you know sell yep. through them and so wholesale allowed us to do that and kind of do what we do best you know mm-hmm. we like I like the production of things I like making it and crafting it and all of that and so. You like the operations and the efficiencies, so that really mm-hmm. like helped us dial it in, and that was a good. It was a good fit, and it was also a good fit for the studio space when mm-hmm. we first moved in because we weren't retailed early on. We didn't have a retail space; it was oh, just gotcha. studio. Okay. So it allowed us to just be production oriented and get mm-hmm. comfortable in the space, build it out. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our friend Michelle was there; she was also doing wholesale. So we were all like, we were basically just like little little card factory, mm-hmm. a little toy factory, mm-hmm. and. Box and speaking orders, about shipping accounts them. and the nuances of that's where we really learned to dial in just the just b2b like a business selling to another business and mm-hmm. what that's like and because that's such a it's a very different thing it than is. selling direct to consumer yes. you know and yeah. so mm-hmm. dialing in those processes of lead generation and converting leads and saying okay here's here's how we do this account management and mm-hmm. here's how we follow up following through to like the third order which is a big thing for us what's a first order is great the second order is even better, and the third order, they're considered a nurtured account mm-hmm. and moving on mm-hmm. beyond that. Mm-hmm. So learning those processes, I think, is something that happened once we really got into this space. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Especially to have another business that you can talk to. That's mm-hmm. so yeah, valuable. that was very helpful. Hmm. So wholesale, um, so where do you find your accounts? I mean, did y'all, I mean, if you didn't do any more trade shows, uh, I mean, you had to go out and sell. They we to... started with trade shows, so mm-hmm. I would say we... Did. we did okay. so that's where we got initial yeah. market interest in and like, early on so we've been doing wholesale now for this will be our 10th year mm-hmm. and we started locally so local stores in charleston because mm-hmm. you could go set, call and set up an appointment mm-hmm. and you know meet them in person and you know show them the stuff mm-hmm. um and then we did do trade shows early on and that was helpful in just establishing a uh-huh. presence yeah. and that's there are still i mean trade shows were still really big mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. then um 
and then from there, Instagram's another, like, big mm. resource. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like putting, like, putting our products out there and putting our process out there and then also connecting with other shops, it's fun to see their aesthetics mm-hmm. and to connect with them on that level. So, people we met at trade shows, we then stay in touch, like, by Instagram and social media. So, mm-hmm. that was, a like, a nice touch point mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, and, and I think getting our first uh, website up, like a wholesale website oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and a really wholesale ordering experience was a really mm-hmm. big deal. Um, you know, our web, I manage both of our web properties. So we have inkmeetspaper.com and also wholesale.inkmeetspaper.com. And those are designed and built as separate entities, hmm. um, mostly because of the nuances of B2B and B2C. Mm-hmm. Um, so inkmeetspaper.com is where you can, anyone can shop there and buy direct from us. And we have an entire kind of marketing experience there in terms of connecting with us as a brand. And then for retail store owners, they can buy direct um, mm-hmm. through wholesale. That and it's also like they're on a different timeline too. So <clears throat> we've had Valentine's Day is coming up and, you know, most of us are just like, yay, Christmas is done. But we've had Valentine's Day like on our wholesale mm-hmm. website since October. December, November, December. Yeah. It's just been, I mean, it's been up, so we're like, hey, we're already thinking about Valentine's Day, because that's what store owners are. They're yeah. going to be thinking, like, you're, you know, you're, it's like the fashion world. Like, you're you're a season ahead. Yeah. At yeah. least. Yeah. So, that having that So, you kind of go with Walmart. I mean, Walmart starts mm-hmm. putting Halloween out in, like, July. We're not so. that crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we are already yeah. thinking about Christmas for this upcoming year already. Yeah. So, yeah. Christmas designs have to start happening. Wow. Yeah. So, do you redesign stuff, or do you, do you recycle uh, designs? We... I mean, obviously you can if it has a date on it, but... Um, so we don't recycle designs. We keep everything new. Everything is new and fresh, and we retire. We're we're a very numbers-driven company. Uh, Metrics are very important to us, Mm -hmm. measuring sales rates. And we have, you know, we consider... We want product to turn for our customers, um, for, you know, the Mm -hmm. retailers who are buying our cards. It needs to turn. It needs to make them money. And so slow-selling styles are retired and Mm -hmm. moved out, and Mm -hmm. we have processes to move that out so that we're always bringing in new and then best-selling cards even if they're and like an older card style they'll still if they're selling well we're not gonna okay that's what i'm saying so you're like yeah, ben, so and Jer- ben and jerry's i mean yeah. if, the, if the vanilla mm-hmm. chocolate chips never gonna move, move. Yeah, yeah like it's gonna stay yeah, around gonna, but you know mm-hmm. you put yeah. something even out. though there's some that i'm like oh, do i don't really have to keep printing this it's been so long <laughs> like, i'm ready to see it go and she's like no allison you've got to keep like, it nope. The numbers like, are like, yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's so trust. tired we don't trust of it. Our hearts, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's me. I'm like, but I love this card. Why is anyone else buying it? <laughs> I love it. So, so where can we find Ink Meets Paper besides your location? Um, let's see. At Bide Wild in Mount Pleasant. Okay. Um, for one. Which yeah. is a great store. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. Uh, the Gibbs Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange Spot Coffee House. Mm-hmm. Right um, there in Park Circle. Yes. Yep. I tend love to it. it as well. Candlefish downtown. Um, yes. All right. Um, Sightsee Coffee on yeah. Line Street. Yeah. And yeah, yes. good. They're good people. Yeah, they, they're we're all over. You can buy from us direct. If you're in other cities, um, we're in uh, a little over 500 stores right now. Um, yeah. We have about five, a little over 500. Like accounts. mostly specialty retail uh, stores. All the way up large, to large national okay. retailers. So yeah. like Paper Source, which has they've got over 100 stores nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, they carry some of our products as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. 
Hope, hopefully, in whatever town you're in, you know, you can find us somewhere close. And if you can't, let us know. Yeah. Because we always want to know about new shops. Yeah, but we can find, I mean, if somebody was interested and they're not in Charleston, they can just go to inkmeetspaper and find yeah. dot com yes. and find out where you guys are. Mm-hmm. Or follow you on Instagram. Yes. I'm sure that'll tell, give them mm-hmm. a lot of information. Yeah. We've got a store locator on the site, so you can actually just go and say, where is it? Near oh, me, awesome. It'll take mm-hmm. Awesome. You get this is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I know that anybody <laughs> from Andrew is somebody we need to talk to, but and meet. Um, but this is really awesome. Yeah. I have such respect for you that you started something you literally had zero knowledge about. I mean, zero, mm-hmm. and you learned everything, and now you guys are the experts. I mean, you knew design, mm-hmm. like you knew that that kind. But yeah, as far as the seed. little seeds mm-hmm. there, for sure. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that seed had to be planted in mm-hmm. good soil with good conditions, and, and it was. And now here you are, what, 10 years later? With yes, this yeah, this is our 10th anniversary. And we, I don't know, that feels like a really big deal to us. It I mean, should and feel like so really yeah. about it this year. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to re-sign your lease soon, yeah. right? I know. Oh, we, got, we got another, <laughs> we got another two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Your team yeah. started out of your house. Yes. Not yes. Out of the mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, huge congrats to you guys. Thank you I, so much. I love it. I I have such respect for y'all. Um, we need to we need to like wrap wow. this up, which went, crazy. feels like went by really fast. Yeah. But, um, as as most of them do. But let's end this with what we always do, where we have a list of seventy questions, and so they're numbered one to seventy. And so if you, Allison, would give Stace a number or Stoya a number between one and seventy, she'll ask you the question associated with it. And then, Jamie, if you'd give me a number, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Right. Okay. 24. This is a really good question. Ooh, okay. <laughs> if you could ask... What's your cat's name? Darcy. If you could ask Darcy three questions, what would they be? Oh, that is really good, because cats... Ooh. There's a lot that you want to ask a cat. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's so many questions. One... What do you dream? <laughs> what do you dream? What do you dream? Does she move? She's like, yeah, she can be a little. Why do you have to scream at us in the middle of the night? Uh-huh. That's the big one. <laughs> she like has to like walk in and just like scream, and there's nothing wrong. She'll have oh, food. Gosh, that's She'll have water for you guys. Wake yeah. up. Yeah. And she's We're just like, Rah. she's yeah. old. She's, she's old. Speak. Okay, we'll give yeah. her that. <laughs> and then the third one would be, oh gosh. I would love to know like what her earliest memory is. I wonder if she can remember us. My, I remember when she was a little tiny kid. Mm. I wonder if she can remember us. <laughs> oh, little Darcy. Oh, little Darcy that doesn't like humans. Other right. people. Just but she's so cute though. She's like a little tiny, like a little uh, orange tiger cat. She's yeah. really precious. She stayed, um, and she stayed she's small. She's oh, she did. She yeah, is teeny tiny. tiny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Jamie. Okay. Uh, 14. 14. Okay. Who is one of the most impactful people to you in your life, and why? Ooh. Okay. Is there are there two? Yeah, I mean, I would. It's interesting because um, I used to talk about pillar people in my life, and pillar, pillar, pillar. Oh, that formed the Mm -hmm. pillars of like my understanding, Um, and they were adults who I really looked up to, or who were really powerful. Didn't necessarily look up to them; they were super powerful. and that was my grandfather, my uncle, and my mom. And in the past five years, they are now all dead. Um, oh, wow. And so that has been really kind of a big deal to watch these super powerful people not be here anymore and to experience that. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, but I'm, I am forever, I mean, every single day, I am grateful for what I learned from them, the examples that they set, um, and kind of what I saw. So I think, mm. I think that's how I would answer the question. Yeah. Um, even though they're answer. no longer here, it's, um, yeah, they definitely made a big difference. Yeah. Uh, Obviously they were a huge part of defining kind of who you are, what you mm-hmm. believe in or don't, yes. you know, either or, and, um, which is amazing. That's a great answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are delightful. Oh, nice. so, so, fun. This was so fun so to meet fun. you. Andrea, again, thank you so much for making this introduction. And listeners, we hope that you've learned some stuff from this today. Whether or not you start your own business or not, I think part of what I'm like taking away is figure out what you're passionate about. And then there's absolutely nothing that can stop you from making that into something that you want it to be. You know, even if you don't have the knowledge, but if there's an interest there and it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. And so just start taking that, that walk down the road to figure it out. Find a forum. Find a forum. (laughs) They're out there. If there's the ladies of letterpress, then there's got to be a forum for whatever you're thinking about. So anyway. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back with you next week with another amazing guest or guest. And we look forward to being back. We hope you go and make it an awesome week. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you.